and five, four, three, two, and one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Seven Circles. My name is Jonathan. I'll be your host today. Of course, I'll be your host. I'm always your host. And on today's program, we have Rasteria. Rasteria is a songwriter. She's an artist. She's a singer. She's a producer and also an engineer. Uh, Rasteria, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. I deeply appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you, Jonathan, for having me. This is really, it's really sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. You know, I um, <laughs> I, I came across your our, our work and um, I was just blown away by it. Um, the meshes um, in, in a lot of your songs just really touch my my heart. They just bypassed my mind. They went straight, <laughs> they went straight to my heart, and it, it it moved me in a way that you know a lot of uh, music hasn't moved me. Um, and I was like, man, I gotta actually have this girl come on the show. And, you know, I really want a lot more people to hear it. So I'm thankful, you know, for what you are doing. And um, uh, please continue to make it happen. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's the point of music, right? You, you want to go straight to the heart because, yeah, sometimes the mind can fool you. So, but the heart won't. <laughs> that was very, very true. You get those butterflies in your stomach, you know? <laughs> yeah. So um, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I'm going to start by just by asking a little uh, brief history about yourself. Who was Razmia as, let's say, um, in high school? Who were you? In high school? Okay. In high school, I was actually a very, I was, I went through kind of a very timid phase in my life. I'm not a timid person, but I, um, so I moved to Europe when I was an adolescent. And, and so it was kind of a shock to the system because I didn't speak the language into oh, yeah. France to France specifically. And um, so I was kind of just thrown into the school system, not speaking the language, completely new as a, you know, as, as, an, as, as an adolescent. And so high school was actually really hard because um, <laughs> I was, you know, learning a language, having to work through the, the French system. Um, but I also actually, that's when I really started to write songs. So um, I, I wrote my first song when I was 12 and um, you know, I kind of just picked up the guitar in order to play, to, in order to write songs. I never really, I've, I, to this day, I'm so embarrassed about my guitar playing skills, but I, I play decent. But I mean, I basically, you know, just started to, you know, always writing in my journal and just started writing songs um, at so that point in time. Did you have like a, um, an influence in your life? Was somebody in your family a musician or was it just one particular person, like perhaps who was famous that actually uh, inspired you? Well, actually, so my family's musical. Nobody's ever been a professional musician. Um, my, my, both my mother, actually my mother and my father met um, playing South American music. <laughs> my mom, it's actually quite romantic. They're divorced now, so well, anyway. <laughs> um, but they, so they met, cause my, so my father's Bolivian and my mom is Dutch, but American, but French in culture, it's confusing. Um, but so my mother, so my father was at this party um, in, in Geneva, it's very complicated. Anyway, he didn't speak, they didn't speak each other's language, but my mom was learning actually Spanish by by learning how to play South American songs and my father was visiting a friend on a trip and he was playing at this party and so they and he didn't speak they didn't speak each other's language but they started you know kind of my my father pursued her whatever with with songs essentially and and eventually plagiarized a song from somebody rewriting it for her and I think that's kind of what actually got <laughs> 
who had actually convinced her to take him seriously. But, you know, they're just, you know, part of like in, in Latin America anyway, all over, like, I think in general, in a lot of places, like, you know, music is just people just play music. Like, it's just you don't expect it to be um, uh, a profession necessarily because it's just part of what you yeah, do, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, I have to say, and my mom, I know that she serenaded me while I was in her belly. Like, I have to say, I probably have my mom to thank the most, um, and my father, obviously. But, you know, she she she's always, always singing. And, like, literally my first memory, like, my first awareness is of voice, is of song. So, like, it's it's always been, like integral part of my life even though i didn't actually realize i wanted to be a professional musician until you know in my my mid-20s you know so like it, yeah. it it like it's always been part of my life but i always thought oh i can't do that i can't allow myself just to do music which actually i'm like this is so hard <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know it can't have that dying artist um mentality to it um um, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, your, your music has so much passion, though. And, and, and where does all of that come from? You know, I, I see so many life experiences in there. You know, when the whole thing happened with George Floyd, you made a video about that. Uh, really touching, really moving. Um, you had a couple of songs that were just really, really moving. Where does, where does this come from? I mean, honestly, my whole life, I've really felt this this pang in my heart because I've been aware of well one how privileged I am and I'm like why why am I why if I felt guilty like from day one because you know I see so I've I've kind of been between a few different worlds you know Latin America so South America Bolivia specifically US and Europe and so you see very different societies and you see like in Bolivia there's a different kind of racial dynamic that goes on there and it's between you know, the mixed population and the indigenous population. The indigenous population is very, um, uh, you know, the biggest actually population, but they've been oppressed. And, you know, so and actually within my own family, there is a lot of um, in in in, you know, kind of inner hatred because they're all mixed, but they don't want to recognize that they're mixed, you know, and that goes on till today. So anyway, but so beyond the sort of the the sort of identity issue that's obviously related to all these systemic uh, injustices i mean i've been aware of that like my whole life and you know i've you know we didn't grow up fancy or anything like that i mean i've been in public schools like my mom is super like we've always lived a very super frugal life i'm not a materialist i'm not you know but i've always had everything i needed you know and like to see that the majority of the world doesn't right. and then to come back to the u.s also as as an adult because i came back and to like see that the 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 issue of race here is just so i mean it i didn't understand it at first because it's so different in europe you know it's not the same type of racism because it because it doesn't because people still have universal health care and universal education and like you you're like what you know so it's like okay okay well so individuals can be racist and oppress other individuals but when it comes to a systemic oppression 
everybody still has access to a doctor, you know, like, and, 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 and still has access to the same public schools and the same, you know, all levels of school. And actually the, the funny thing is in France, if you flunk out of public school, you go to private school. <laughs> so oh. it's the inverse, <laughs> you know, like you, you, it's, you know, obviously there is also like some really high elite, you know, schools that you can pay to, to get into, but that is just not, it's, it, it's like, it doesn't, you can't compare the systems. And yeah, I mean, I mean, you hear about what's going on in France. There's a lot of, of tensions, like, especially between, you know, the, the Muslim Arabic population and, and everybody. I mean, there's like this vilification going on. So there are similar parallels, but it's just not as extreme as in the U.S., you know, because of because of the way our society is set up. Um, um, it's just so such a capitalist system. You know, there, there's very little social net to capture everybody. And then beyond... Sorry, I, I could just go on forever on this, but but to answer your question, like I, I it's just my whole life, like I and I've I've been I've been I want to do something like and so you know from doing all my studies like that I've done, I mean I I have I went into doing public health to do international work, um, um you know in whatever I can be useful in honestly, but then ultimately I am an artist at heart, and you can't force yourself to do th and and I, I don't know I do a lot of different things but I'm trying to find a way that I can you know improve something in this world you know and make it more just for more people you know and 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 also for for animals I mean I don't know sorry and plants okay. no, no, no. Ah. You're, you're, you're totally fine and, and I really love the passion and it's, it's so interesting that you hop into this topic so early because every one of my gifts that I have I ask them the question about uh, racism and how can we end it and you know things of like what does Black Lives Matter mean to you etc and normally that's once we get more and more into the conversation and this actually just um, came up relatively quickly and you have a lot of um, you, ha you have a, a lot of views on it a lot of powerful views so I just kind of want to unpack what you said um, a little bit <clears throat> a little bit so I can get a better understanding of it you know I had a guest on this show uh, Gypsy Love uh, probably about a, a week ago no maybe a month ago and she spoke about people who have privileges. Um, and um, she said, what people need to do is they need to get rid of their privilege. And, and my uh, fiance, she's actually from Finland. She's over there right now. So you talk about Europe and I'm familiar with a lot of the, the, the customs that they have going on in Europe right now. And I, and I was like, that's impossible to get rid of your privilege. And if you think about it as an American, right, which I am, um, we have a privilege and yes. we are, and we're considered part of the 1% if you actually look mm -hmm. at the entire population of the world. So it's like me trying to say, okay, I'm going to throw away my 1%. Could I really do that? Yeah, I guess I could give up my U.S. citizenship and I could go somewhere else and live in a so-called third world country. But what, what do you think about that? Is it, is it possible for you to give up your uh, privilege? Well, so, so this is funny you say this because like, I, I feel like, yes, that's like the first thing. Oh, I'm going to give it all up. I'm going to give it all the way, all the way. No, you, you actually need to use your privilege for the benefit of others so that other people can have that, you know? It's kind of like, it's like, 
how to say, you know, let's say, let's say you have, um, what's, what's a good analogy? Um, cause I used to have this mentality of, of no, I shouldn't have this. I need to give it all away. But then what happens to you, you disappear. And so what's the point? <laughs> like, you know, if you're going to martyrize yourself and die or whatever it is, you know, like I, I, I say that as a very extreme, but I, I, I use that because that's where I, you know, where I was um, many years ago where, you know, I went and volunteered and almost in the middle of the rainforest with, you know, indigenous women. And I almost killed myself essentially yes. because I wasn't taking care of my health. And I thought, oh, I have to sacrifice myself when, no, the thing is about privilege. It's like, one thing you pointed out is we're here in the US, like, yes, we have kind of like a first world and a third world in, in one place. Um, but all in all, we are very privileged compared to so the world. So it's like a perspective shift too. So um, I, 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 you know, privilege, it needs to be used as a tool. Like you first, you need to recognize it, you need to appreciate it and then use it, you know, and share it, you know, because you were given that privilege for a reason. Like everything happens for a reason and you can, you can, you know, what are you gonna do? Like, okay, let's say you win a million dollars, right? what are you going to do with that million dollars? Like you could, you, you could just, ah, let me just, you know, spend it and give it away. Or you could, you could create something that then can then perpetuate itself, you know, and help more people. I, I, I invested in, I don't know, uh, community-based projects as businesses, you know, um, so many things. Um, so, but, but, but I understand what she's saying because I felt, I, felt that for for it's like because you feel like why you know like this isn't fair that i have this i i don't want to have this i want other people to have this do you have any songs that that um reflect that uh as far as how you feel in that um state? i mean you have a, such a wide catalog if there were if there was one song would it be something that kind of reflects that um pro actually hmm you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I think that's it's hard to capture that. Um, but what about, I, what about the one? What about the one stop? That one was really animated. oh, it had a lot of power behind it. That was an interesting song. Yeah, you know that 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 touches on basically calling an end to uh, systems that are toxic and like the. It comes for me. It comes from a place of ending that that toxicity when you're in a you allow someone to take advantage of you, but then that also can extend to you know a greater you know um, just to any toxic system that takes advantage that oppresses that you know. Um, Let me ask you this about system. So, <clears throat> of course, we know the United States was going on right now. We're all fully aware. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of the, the, the cries and, and the whispers that you hear is, um, um, is systemic, uh, systemic, right? And it's in the systems, it's in the structures, and we need to rebuild. And people are saying, should we kind of rebuild slowly but surely as far as like re uh, changing some laws at a time, but then change it on with better laws, like removing laws and changing on with better laws? Or should we just kind of tear the whole entire thing down and then rebuild it up? 
you know, just burn it down. And um, um, that's pretty much, you know, the call that I'm hearing right now. Um, and here we are, you know, like you were talking about that over in France, that they, it's not actually, it's racism over there, but it's in a different type of way. And you said that it's not in the structures because they have universal healthcare as well as school is free for everybody, right? So, um, so kind of, it's kind of like we're looking into the future because if that's what we want the United States to be like, those are the things that we're crying, that we're crying for. And they already have them over in France. Um, um, do you do you think it's actually possible for that to happen here in the United States? And if so, what steps do you think that we need to to take in order to start moving in that direction? And a second question that I have is, what are the pros and the cons of that? And I know that's a lot right there. So <laughs> right. Um. So so yeah. Well. So let me let me tackle that first uh, piece about um. You know. Um, those steps. I mean, honestly, I think the U.S. obviously is a very different place than France. I mean, it's mm, probably 10 times as large in population and it has the state structure, you know. Um, it, it would be harder, I think, to have a centralized um, system. But I, I think that the, the thing is, is that we... Each, it's like as if each state separate um, functions as a separate country in, in this country, right? I do think we need, um, you know, a st well, I mean, okay, where do we start? Man, oh my God, it's so, <laughs> it's so hard. Um, I do think that, I mean, I really wish that Bernie had been the candidate because he, he had it all. Um, and now, you know, Biden, he's proposing a public option for, um, you know, the, the, the new, um, if he gets elected to, to kind of add to Obamacare to have a public option added to it. But that doesn't, that's just like a bandaid, you know, because we really need to, uh, for me, when it comes, let's take healthcare first, let's put education aside for a second, but like healthcare, you know, so much money goes to insurance companies malpractice insurance like um and and the, these pharmaceutical companies they they suck up so much money like we need to cut out the middlemen you know so who, um, and so who, so who are the middlemen exactly the well the insurance companies okay um i the primary i would say primarily the insurance comes in the all different types of insurance companies um and so it's you know, people say, oh, we need insurance, but, you know, you, yeah, I, it's, it's just, it's gotten to the point where it's out of hand. You know, there's no, it, it is, it's treated like a business and it shouldn't be treated like a business because, it <laughs> yeah, it is a business. I know, but, but really, you know, there are ways to have it. Like, you know, there are all these businesses that exist that, that, um, People are, it's also perception, people's perceptions, right? So do you think that the insurance companies shouldn't be these private corporations, that perhaps it should be an extension of the government? I mean, <laughs> it depends on how well the government functions, because right now it's not functioning very well, you know? We can't get anything done. But in theory... In theory, I th I think that things like education and health care should be majority um, 
government um, uh, government run. I mean, whatever you want to say government is, I mean, I really think that actually government should be at a much smaller level decentralized. So like even further broken down than the state. Right. So it's like, you know, be, but, but like when it comes to education to make sure that we do have a certain standard that exists everywhere, you know, cause yeah. right now we, we don't have we don't have standards in our in our education system here. Yeah, people take standardized tests, but you know about those tests. That's just those tests are just they're just they don't they they they, they don't develop the the analytical mind and the, the really, you know, the critical thinking skills that 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 kids need to develop and the creativity. It's just like multiple choice. So let's push them through, you know, just like no. I mean, I've, I've taught high school and like I, I pushed through. I literally was so I was amazed at the level of um, basically very basic writing right. and math skills that people that were graduating from high school had. And I was like, this is this is an injustice to these kids. So let's, just... so let's, so let's actually talk about that a little bit. So. Um, you know, my mom is an educator. She just recently got two doctor's degrees. She's been teaching forever. Oh, wow. She'll be on the show uh, uh, eventually. But um, I, I, I do have an insight about what goes on in the public school system. And, you, and the way what you said is that you just kind of push people through and you give them these standardized tests. And it's kind of like retain information, then regurgitate it. And if you do that, you're considered smart. And if you don't, then whatever, you're not. And pretty much like we tell you what to think. We don't teach you how to think. Um, like your higher ups, your principal, the board of education, et cetera, uh, did, were your hands tied behind your back? Did they just have you um, uh, um, push kids through because they want to have good records and they wanted to make it seem like they had a a uh, population, if you will, of students who actually passed? Like, was that the main agenda? Like, wh what exactly was it like? And I know we kind of got off uh, subject when we were talking about <laughs> Well, I was, I was never, I've never been involved higher, higher up in, in education in that way at all. Sorry. I don't know if that was a misunderstanding. I've just, I've, I've taught, actually I've taught science in high school in, at a public high school here in Oakland, uh, met West. And actually the thing is, it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be a full on science class. It was supposed to be an after school science enrichment class okay. that then got turned into a science class so, from so an unaccredited teacher. To, and I was basically forced to pass students so they could graduate. That's what, that's what my question was. So it's crazy. <laughs> that I want to dig apart. So they force you to pass the students because I'm assuming that, um, and again, you know, you should never assume, but I'm assuming um, that if you pass them, it makes them look good or it gives them the, the government funding that they right. need. Right. Something probably, probably. So, so like, so like, how would they ask you to like pass them? Would they say it doesn't matter what type of grades they get, just pass them anyway. It doesn't matter if they show up, just pass them anyway. What, what was that like? Well, so, you know, first of all, it wasn't like a large amount. It was a few students and, um, it was on me. It was like, basically it was like, okay, well, if they don't pass this class, they're not going to graduate. That's how it was put to me. And, and, and it just so happened to be students that weren't making an effort. So what I did is I tried to inspire them and I actually gave them more support 
and I just took more time and like, so I could feel at least like I helped do justice to, to, to this, um, you know, this, um, requirement of, of having some science, you know? <laughs> so, um, it, it, and, and it was just, I was just like, it was really hard. It was a struggle morally. And I, I was, so, I mean, all I really could do because I didn't want them to be held back because of me. So I tried to basically kind of, um, make it that they uh, they actually learned something and and did extra effort to, to so that it would and and uh, so that it, so that it would at least somewhat cover that um um you know science uh background and 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 the the science class actually was based on um uh teaching kids how to develop research projects their okay. own research projects yes. so so it wasn't like um, you know, learning about, you know, it wasn't like, it was more about how do you develop hypotheses? How do you test those hypotheses? It was how I tried to structure it was, I actually developed my own curriculum and like, you know, was, was basically to help them question the world and help them use like the scientific method essentially, um, to, to answer their questions. So that, that was kind of the premise of, of that, enrichment program um and so like these couple it was like two or three it, it wasn't that many but it was well, still let me, um, let, me, let me ask you this question sure. do, do you think that because you said you know you didn't want them to not graduate um because of uh because of you and, and that's the way that you kind of interpret it but in a way you know it's two sides to every thing it's three sides to every coin and um um, in a way, it's not your fault. It's the fault of, of, of the student. It's the student because they didn't apply enough effort on their behalf. So they didn't they didn't make make the grade. Well, no. Well, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Before before I blame the student, I wanted to give them more support. And they actually did. They worked with me. You know what I mean? I had to. It was it was a tug of war, you know, like like it got kind of tense. You know, I had to be like I had to show some teeth. Which with at that time, I, you know, I didn't look much older than them, you know, like we were like the same We're they're like, who is this person, you know, trying to teach me something, trying to, you know, like, tell me what to do, you know, but I had to like, I really, I had to like, so what do you think, what do you think yeah. needs, needs to be, um, like, do you think it's a different method that needs to be taught in schools where maybe the grades aren't like the national average? What type of like what, what do you think is missing in the school systems? Because when we talk about systemic issues, right, and that's yeah. obviously a school, the education system. What could we do? Because I was looking at some of the statistics, and in the United States, as far as like the smartest countries, we're all the way down there. We're like in number 20, 25. You know, we're all overweight. We're all you know. I hate to say that, <laughs> but, but but dumb, and, 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 and yet we're uh, privileged, right? You know, we consume all the resources. We're, you know, California, right? We're in California right now. California is the, the fifth largest economy. And as far as the United States itself, you know, it's like 25% of the economy of the world. But here we have, you know, everything in our hands. But, we, you know, we, we, we tend to point the finger a lot and we tend to blame a lot. So wh right. what, what do you think that, what, what, what method, just based on you having experience in the school system, what do you think would be something that would be, 
uh, uh, beneficial so that we can actually start um, uh, moving in the right direction? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, um, we have to start kids with like basic skills earlier, you know, like have right. a... So, so like, like how? how like, <clears throat> well, I, I would, I, you know, in terms of reading, math, all those skills, they right. need to, they, all the level, the level and, and the, it has, it has to be introduced earlier, like, like years earlier, like a earlier couple than, years earlier. Earlier than like five years old? Well, no, no. I mean the level, the level that you're pushing kids towards. I think kids right. needs to be challenged, you know, and because kids get bored. Yeah. But and and then and then and and like if you're not stimulating them, right. they're not going to take it seriously. And the thing yeah. is, like, so uh, to use a parallel of the French system, if the kid doesn't reach the level, they hold them back. Right. They have no problem flunking a kid and making them repeat the year. Well, that's, that's common, that's you know. Sorry. That's how it should be. I'm thinking. Right. Right. That's, that's we don't do that. We don't do that. That's what I thought that happened in the school systems in the United States until recently. No. <laughs> they just they just keep pushing people through and then as the years go on you have like, oh, you go to AP or you go to the special class, you know? They just keep on dividing kids up, you know? And and it's like it's like at a very early age you start getting divided up into these levels when you haven't even been given the chance to learn the basics and you just keep getting pushed through. At least so, you know, I'm talking on on I'm not a you know, like a, a an expert in any of this, you right. know. I I'm just talking on the impressions I have and the differences I've seen between the two systems. You know, they they might even be a little too tough in in France. Um, because they'll hold you back. Like you'll be 20, 21 years old, still trying to pass high school. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But the other thing about the French system that's really interesting that I think could be useful. So in addition to this like shift that it's okay to flunk, you know, you know, it's okay. That's to how we that. learn by failing. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It's okay to fail. You know, it's good to fail. You know? good. And that's how you learn. That's how you succeed. That's how we learn how to walk, how to learn how to ride a bike, how to, how to write. We fail, 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 fail. But you just need to be successful one time. And then once you get that success, you get it, you know? Right. Right. But so in addition to that, as you know, and having kind of a stronger, um, curriculum for math and writing, um, earlier you know um and i would say even add languages earlier because the the development of of being able to speak another language it's mind expanding you know obviously the second language should be spanish right um and i know that it is moving towards that in the states and it's going to because you know the the you know spanish-speaking population is going to be the majority <laughs> Tú hablas español. Sí, sí, pues bien. podemos continuar en español. Tengo que practicar mi español. <laughs> okay. Pues. <laughs> but, but so the other, so the second thing I was going to say though is what's really interesting about the French system is that they start so like right before before you go to high school. Right. Um, you take this big exam. Okay, and and at the end of high school, you take another big exam. That big exam, 
okay, it's a lot of pressure. It's a long written exam. You base it's a four hour exam in every single subject written. <laughs> and, and, you know, and what's cool about it is that, um, it's standardized. It's nationwide. It's actually amongst all the French territories too. And when you get graded, they actually, your teacher never grades you. The, the people who grade you are blinded to who you are. Beautiful. So it's, yeah, it's super cool. So let's, but, actually, let's, let's, let's actually uh, talk about something else. So the fact that you, because when you said they were blinded, that made me think about our justice system. And you have that little icon of the lady who looks like the lady from, lady from the Statue of Liberty and she's blind, blind, blinded. And she has the, the skill on both sides, you know, justice, right? You do this, you get that. And that's what it's symbolizing. And I heard somebody say that when you go to a courthouse, that and you stand in front of a jury, the jury should actually be blindfolded or there should be a wall up there. Or if you're speaking yeah. to the judge, there should be a wall. And they shouldn't see how you look. They shouldn't, you know, uh, um, have any type of um, 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 advantage so that they can, you know, uh, sway their uh, decision based on, you know, your, your racial background or your, your sex or whatever have you. What do you think about that? Do you think that's, that's I think that's a I think that's a good idea actually and I think it's not that technically difficult to do and I would even say you should even mask the person's voice. Yeah. Um you know like uh, hey you know we uh, if we can do that if we can remove this um uh, you know this uh anything we can do to remove bias is good. And and it seems like that would be the easiest thing to do, right? You know? Right. Now, so let me, let, let, me, let me mention this as well, too. I, you know, and I've been trying to figure this out for a long time. You have such strong opinions on things, and I, I really love that. So, um, okay. Um, as I said before, the three sides to a coin, right? You got the heads, the tails, and then you got the edge. And here in America, with the issue with racism, going back to that topic, um, you, you have one, one people that are oppressed, right? And then you have another people that are oppressed. And and that's kind of, in my opinion, right? I've traveled all around, I've been all around, and I see things from you know my own eyes, my own experience. And I've experienced racism myself as well. But in, in my opinion, a lot of it is self-perpetuated. That, mm -hmm. that if you go into these urban communities, you know, I'm from Queens, New York, been to school in Philly, lived in Atlanta, Georgia, been all around. You go into these uh, neighborhoods, right? Um, and a lot of the the, the the things that people are doing are, are self-inflicted. Uh, and and then you can also see this in, in poorer neighborhoods as well, too. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what color of skin these people are. It's, it's the environment and the mindset, the poverty mindset. And, and that's what I see as a reality. And then I would say, hey, why don't you get up and do so-and-so or do so-and-so? Oh, no, because of this, because of systemic issues, because of you know, this person because I'm black or this person's white or whatever. And, and they make it to seem like there's some type of um, uh, uh, person that's holding them back. When I get it, there are issues within the system, but uh, you have to take personal responsibility as well, too. And and um, if, if I was to play the victim my whole entire life, I would be a victim, you know? And, 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 and uh, to be a victim is to blame. And if you, by definition, if you look at the opposite of Forgiveness, by definition, the, the opposite of forgiveness is to blame or to hold resentment, right? To be resentful. So what could we do to, to get the youth 
um, actually to take responsibility to actually read the books that they need to read in, in order to get on the right path or to learn the things that they need to learn. I mean, literally everything we want is literally at the tip of our fingers, right? Through right. our phones. And we are way past the age of information. We're going into a new age. Most likely, I call it the galactic age. We got Elon Musk <laughs> wanting to go to Mars and all that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right, right. So, yeah. There really isn't no excuse. Huh. There isn't no, no mm. excuse. So, well, but, but, but the thing is, is if you haven't heard that before, you don't know. So you have to have, you have to have some, at least, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I do think that we, there's a lot of, everybody does it, you know, victim mentality. Um, the richest people are probably the most unhappy because they victimize themselves and they feel the most unfulfilled. Like, so, I mean, everybody across the board does that. And, and you're asking like how to, uh, how to, so what I'm, so what, so I guess what I'm really trying to say is should the, should the curriculum in schools be changed around to reflect something that is more beneficial or do you think that our standard curriculum because I know you're saying that they need to be. Oh, I think I think it has to be complete. I, if if it were up to me, I would rewrite the whole curriculum. Like, so what kind of based, what kind of you don't need to give me the whole encyclopedia, but what are some core things that you would t uh, uh, implement that you think are missing in the school system right now? Um, I would say cultural exchange. So okay. like to have a like to have a piece where um, I I see I I know this would take a lot of funding and everything, but like I feel like what to, to, to core to our learning, especially in this globalized world, is to have some sort of exchange. So like, you know how you have these little go study abroad programs and everything. Right. I feel like there should be, even if it's on a very local level, like, you know, within a community between, uh, you know, just exchange, you know, a fat of a, 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 an exchange of, um, you know, where you maybe go and you um, go, I don't know, maybe to another community or another, it could be another country that would be really cool. Okay. Um, and, and live with another family and learn, uh, you know, maybe it's another language, another school system. <laughs> you, just, you just maybe think about the, the Dave Chappelle show where uh, the, 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 the white, I think it was the white um, uh, wife and her, her son goes and live with the black family and the black family goes and live with the uh, uh, yeah. And it, it was just hilarious, but um, well, there was some learning that took place, even though it was comical. <laughs> no, well, but I mean, that's exactly if if that was, you know, I feel I know that sounds kind of like right now, kind of like as a something that that would be too hard to do. But th these kind of things already exist as an option for for students. Right. So so but I do think that. The f I think what's missing is is the humanity in the learning and the interaction with this you know the the subject matters themselves. So like for example, let's take science, right? So science sometimes becomes super abstract instead of hey going on a walk in the forest and learning about how you know uh, uh, just what what an ecosystem is by walking in the forest. You know I I think that if we can have assist uh, um education that's more interactive both 
um, to, to integrate a piece of, 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 of compassion and learning between, you know, when you're talking about cultural differences and societal, you know, um, uh, socioeconomic differences and everything, let's, you know, have some sort of peace that's actual, that, that you live it, right? Because that's, I really feel like in my own life, that's really what's helped me to develop these this way of seeing things is because from day one, I've, I I had that. I mean, it was, that was put out on a plate for me because of right. just having parents from two different societies, you know? What, and what about, what about financial education? You think that's something that definitely needs to be taught? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so for sure. But I, I wonder if, if it's also kind of not just about money, but about, how to be um, more um, different ways of, of, of exchange. Like, you know, because people do, um, you know, I, I don't want to get too like, no, well, yeah, I do. Because ideally for me, right. we would live in a world that would be mostly a barter system. And then money would just be there when we can't barter, you know? Okay. Like, so, so like I give example of what I'm doing right now in, in my house, um, here, um, I've been over the years building a music studio and I've been working with, um, carpenters who want to record their albums. Right. So carpenters. Yes. <laughs> so, so, you know, like I did a partial exchange, you know, and it's funny that we're talking about this now because like, um, the one of the carpenters is cashing in on his hours right now to finish his EP. And um, he's actually going to then do some more work for me. And he's going to, we're going to do another essentially bout of exchange. Oh, that's awesome. And, so, so he helps to build your studio and then you hook him up with studio time and the whole producing thing, whatever. Yes. <laughs> okay. I definitely dig it. I definitely dig it. So, so I mean, what I mean about, so that, what that question, it's like, get people to think about money, not as money as having value in itself, but being a tool and having actually, so the financial thing is like, it becomes more about skills and, and, and honing a certain skill set and, and like being able to, 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 to exchange directly, you know, um, I know that sounds kind of kind of way out there, but, no, but I, I'm, a, yeah. No, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. And, and you know, the, the point of this channel is, you know, uh, seven seconds, right? Health, wealth, friends, family, love, and spirituality, because I've been in so many shoes or so many hats, if you will. I was homeschooled. I went to public school. I ate meat. I'm a vegan, vegetarian. Mm -hmm. um, I've lived all around this country. I went to all white school, all black school. You know, I've, I've been, I've been around. And, and what I've noticed, too, is about the spiritual community, right? I practice yoga. I taught yoga. I meditated with the Buddhists. There's, there's definitely a disconnect between the spiritual community and the financial community. And I'm big on finances as well, too. And, and, it's, and it's like, you know, you're spiritual, you're um, sita, um, and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, man, I wish I had some money. But then you have these guys who have tons of money and they're way out of balance with their spirituality. So if the two could merge together, there would be this beautiful balance. Um, yeah. I think that that's what's actually um, um, missing. But you know, but, but this is what I, I kind of want to talk about as well, too. Earlier, you know, when you uh, first came on, you mentioned so many things. So we're still in our unpacking <laughs> moment. Um, um, but before I, I before I actually talk about this next thing, is there a song that 
you think that you wrote or, or sung that will pretty much uh, depict what you just talked about and kind of just express what you just talked about as far as the education system and things of that nature? What, what would be the best song that would des describe that? Is there anything that comes to mind? That comes to mind? Um... Oh man, I wish I should have a list of my songs in front of me. Oh my gosh. Um, ah. Yeah, so Juntos, uh, which means together, togetherness, is is a track that I wrote that kind of touches on on that and like can we imagine the day that, you know, we're we're able to recognize that we're in this all together essentially and and mm. so Okay. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> but okay. but I'm sure there are more like there are too many songs. <laughs> how, how many songs do you think you have in your uh catalog? Just in my catalog? Um I have about I probably have about a hundred that have been like finished. Um oh, that's nice. so um Yeah, you're definitely yeah. you're definitely a jewel that hasn't been discovered yet. But just because yeah, it's discovered doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. It's out there. You know, for for me, you know, the 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 energy, the the sound waves reverberate in the universe yeah. forever. So, <laughs> all right. So so uh, seriously. So so you know, like I was saying before, we talked at the beginning, and you mentioned animals, and I was actually having this conversation with somebody uh, earlier today. Now, yeah. Um, you know, I've eaten meat before. I definitely um, cooked a, a lot of meat in my life. Um, I was born a vegetarian, and then I changed. And decided I wanted to do meat, and then I went back to and, and became a vegan. And I've been vegan now for a while, you know. And, and a lot of times when people talk about the animal movement and things of that nature, um, uh, um, but then you know they're going to buy a hamburger, and and, <laughs> and and to me I'm like, wait a minute, because to me it seems like um, I don't know. You know, I, I watched a document today, and I'm going to try to tie this in. But I watched a do document, and they were talking about how there were actually human zoos that were in the United States. And this took place from 1819 all the way up until 1836. And, wow. And, and, and uh, one of the zoos that actually had humans was the Bronx Zoo in New York. And I went huh. to the zoo several different times when I was younger and I actually went there like two years ago. And I never knew that. And the way that these people no longer became, I guess you could say slaves of the zoo or prison, prison, uh, prisoners, of the zoo was because World War One happened, and they ended up using them as soldiers. But that's, that's a dark piece of history that we didn't. Wow. But 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 uh, somebody wrote in a comment that you have to have the hard conversations and you have to face these things. So the the, the reason why I brought that up is because one is we have to have the hard conversations, and yeah. if we can't face something, we can never heal it. And two is because um, the way that we treat people or a certain groups of people is actually the way that we treat animals in a way. We make them do the work. We, 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 right. rob, them, we rob them for their babies. We rob them for their flesh. We digest them, whatever. We eat them. We use them as clothes, as ivory, et cetera. But then we say, say the animals, we love the animals. And there seems to be this really big, this really big divide in there. Right. And, yeah. and people have cats, people have dogs. So you would ask somebody, what about animals? And they go, oh, they're just a stupid animal. But then if you look at animals, you know, they have expression. Some of them laugh. They actually did a science, um, scientists discovered that mice laugh. Um, <laughs> I was watching this clip on YouTube and it was, uh, they had a camera, a monitor of a baby 
um, and they didn't, uh, um, they, so that they can keep an eye on the baby. The baby was playing Gaga Google, crawling on the ground, and all of a sudden it was about to fall down the steps. And the cat got up off of the couch, and the cat blocked the steps and moved his body in all kinds of ways to actually push the baby back and to rotate the baby around so that it can crawl in the opposite direction. This was all caught on camera live. The most beautiful thing, I actually had to watch it twice. I mean, animals definitely have high intelligence and we know that we can train them. We know what animals can do. I can go on and on about it. But what is what is up with this? What are your thoughts on the way that we consume meat here in the United States? Um, oh. and, 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 and one other thing that I wanted to mention too, is that I'm a chef, right? Or I used to be a chef. And in the culinary world, we study botulism, we study um, salmonella, we study study E. coli and things of that nature. All the time when they have outbreaks, right? The romaine lettuce, the cucumbers, it's because of the feces or the blood or whatever of these animals actually got on these plants. So the plants become bad and there has to be a recall of all of those types of vegetables because we don't want people getting sick. And you look at coronavirus, you know, yeah, yeah. regulation where it came from, but where the coronavirus come from, we say it came from bats or from Wuhan or whatever the name of the place is. And that's how the whole thing started. So to me, it seems like meat actually is one of the biggest things that's causing diseases and pain in on this planet. Yeah, and, yeah. And when you talk about it, people seem to get kind of scared and nervous. <laughs> you know, what, 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 what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, so I'm also, I've been vegetarian since I was 12 and then I'm more, more recently, I did actually, when I, when I turned 30, I started eating meat, believe it or not. And then I ate meat for like three years and then I was like, I don't need this anymore. <laughs> and, and actually as of, um, just about a year, I'm like a really strict vegan. So, um, and it's funny you bring up, so the ethical and the, the thing is like the, the, the ethics are really, I think, what kind of drove it home for me this time around in terms of deciding that I I want to be vegan, you know, because it's it's more than it's just a small it's it's a small thing that we can all do. And we don't need we don't need any of this uh, meat. We can get everything we need. And right. I'm 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 a athletic person. You know, I'm super like like I love moving my body. So. Yeah, you know, there was there was some misunderstanding on my part, even like me being educated and knowing how to get information. I actually thought that being vegan would lead to um, me lacking things, which is not true. It's actually the contrary. <laughs> so but but back to the ethical side of things like I I've I've for me like my sort of my relationship with the natural world and with animals. I don't even, I, I love animals. I don't think that we should even have them as pets, but I know there have been domesticated animals and that like they, and I welcome, you know, if somebody has a cat and we're living together, I, I love that cat, you know? Yeah. But I mean like, or dog, um, I'm actually quite afraid of dogs, <laughs> but I, once I get to know them, like, sorry? You're more of a cat person? No, no, not, nor one or the other. No, I actually love dogs, but I was bitten when I was like four in the neck by a dog, by a little blind dog. And I, and I think from that day, I, I just, um, yeah, <laughs> I think I've always been fearful. So I'm just very respectful of the dogs, you know, like I won't just go up and like start petting them. Like I'm just very like, 
you know, I, I, I try to like, and, and that goes for actually all animals. Like where I go hiking, um, here close by that it's tons of cows and like, I give them their space. Like, cause yeah, they're, be- exactly they're beautiful. Talking about I go there oh like- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that park and and like I just I just they're so beautiful beings like and I'm like wow they're going to become hamburgers I'm like damn like that sucks. <laughs> like <laughs> actually think about it. But but that's but, but that was pretty much my whole point like we, we have this this blockage in our head where we separate Well, I right, but I think see I think the thing is most people um if they were to really be aware and they were to like watch and look at you know, and, and be maybe in the same room as like an animal that's going through this, they would, they would, they would change, but we're blinded. We're blinded to, to where this stuff is coming from. It's all nicely packaged. It's all, you know, and, and people have food addiction. It's a, an addiction, you know, and, and like, and we also have these perceptions that we need meat, you know, it's, it's tied to people's identity too. Um, do, do you know that? Do you know that Albert Einstein was a vegetarian? Do you know? I that, heard that. The eighty percent of the Wu Tang Clan are vegetarians. Oh. One, one of their statement was, "I don't need to take the life of an animal in order for me to live." I find that powerful. You know, um, I think Brad Pitt, vegetarian. Uh, Serena Williams, tennis player, veg, uh, vegan. Or uh, a bunch of them. Even Arnold. Arnold, I'll be back. He. he <laughs> He's vegetarian. A, a lot of these people, you know, um, uh, Bill Clinton, vegetarian. A lot of these people have adopted the diet or in the public arena, and we don't even know about it. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely don't it, need it. Yeah. No, we don't. I mean, we don't. Um, but, but I mean, but I think back to like why why this contradiction exists. I mean, obviously, there's tons of economic interests involved in brainwashing people that we need meat and that you know there's just such a kind of a a ton of information out there that that you know and and that tied to just you know cult you know cultural you know it's like oh you know this is the tradition we have we have our traditional thanksgiving where we put this big fat dead bird you know on the table you know or a big pig you know like it's 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 like it is so tied to people's traditions and rituals and and the thing is it it, there needs to be an evolution from that and that that i think it takes time um but the way that we're going we're we're not even necessarily tending towards that it's like we're becoming so polarized you know um polarized because the the own vegan movement is also kind of self depth like self how do what's the word um because some vegans are too so militant Yes. They they alienate other people. You know, yep. it's like, you know, I think that if I don't even identify as vegan, even though I'm hardcore vegan, <laughs> like I, I won't I won't just be out there and be like, I'm vegan. Um, You know, if if we engage in a conversation with somebody, right. because because I think that people will accept more what I have to say, you know, if 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 I'm not so um titled titled about it you know like um so do you think that so do you think that it's kind of like somebody who's preaching nonviolent communication but they're doing it in a violent way so uh, i don't 
don't know if it's a violent way. I, I don't think any type of, if it's just verbal, it's, I, I don't know if it's violent. Um, but I just think that it's, it's aggressive. I mean, okay. it's, it's aggressive. Um, and I think also you got, you, you kind of, if you want to change people's minds, um, they're much more likely to hear you if you're talking to them and recognizing that what they're doing is, you know, not vilifying what they're doing, you know, because right. under giving, having empathy for them, that the reason that they eat meat is because they grew up with it is because they think they need it is because, you know, like it's embedded in some sort of piece of their identity, even right. maybe. Um, and, and just like come at it with like a smile, you know, and be like, Hey, you know, uh, Hey, you should check this out because it tastes exactly like chicken and you probably, and it has the same texture and like, you probably wouldn't even notice the difference. It's all in the spices. Right. So, I mean, it's amazing how much of our activity and even money is, uh, and even time is, um, based around food and the holidays tradi tradition and everything. I actually interviewed a guy yesterday. Uh, Elotom, and he's a breatharian, and oh, what? <laughs> he's been on the journey for 20 years, and the last time he actually ate was two years ago. No water, no no food. And he, the guy looks great, uh, and he's he's like 50 something, you know. What? And he's in India right now, but the interview should be up in like a week. But I definitely send it to you. But but it's it's amazing that, that the information that we were that we were told and we accepted and um it's not really valid or it might be true right. but you know it's not the the the, the mother of all um information right know? yeah no you're right i mean that that i actually i want to watch that because i'm like he must be getting something is he like inhaling like uh maybe he's eating like insects or something no he doesn't no he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't consume anything he, uh, there's, there's so many different ways. I, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. To get, to get energy. Right. Right. But yeah. Breath. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what it is. Essentially we're eating because you know, it's energy, but, but then you have these addictions because of the, the salt, the sugar, the whatever have you, it, it becomes like a drug in a way to you know, right. eat unconsciously. Um, right. I, I'm really interested to hear, but, but there is something about, you know, eating an apple or eating, eating just in general, it seems like, I mean, so it's interesting to bring up, uh, breathing. Um, I'm, I'm just fin I just finished, uh, James Nestor's book on, it's called breathe okay. and it's the, it's on the lost art of, of breathing. And it talks about how, um, down to even the structures of our faces have changed because we because let fewer people breathe through their noses mm. and and also all the obstructive things we have going on for sleep apnea snoring um copd like emphysema even asthma even like all these um, um obstructive um breathing well these breathing problems have a lot to do with not knowing how to breathe and you can actually correct it by knowing by 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 breathing through your nose and breathing certain frequency yes. um per minute and breathing slower and having a longer exhale and like um you know and it's quite amazing but but one thing that he did bring up is that you know when you look at the bone structure so i'm talking about like touching on breatharians uh right. when you look at the bone structure of like 
Europeans when they just started transitioning to like um, eating mostly processed foods and you look at that and you compare it to like um, you know hunter gatherers you notice that that their mouths have like shrunken you know it's like everything just implodes on itself because they're not they're not chewing and so this the the, the thing the, the 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 exercise of chewing actually helps to build bo the bone structure in your face and helps to keep your mouth open and your airway open so unless the breatharian guy is is doing that i don't know how he's maintaining his his bones his his bone density because to maintain your bone density you know you you need to you need to stimulate like because, so i don't know I'm, because, yeah. because what you don't use you lose and, and right. I totally get what you're saying. And um, he has methods and techniques, and I actually been following him for a while. Um, you'd be surprised at the stuff that he talks about, and it's really uh, um, um, something that the average person can start to practice. And he breaks it down. He brings it down to earth, really uh, real, realistic, and um, something anybody can do. I think that you would really be turned on by this. Cool. <laughs> um, so speaking of speaking about breathing and 2020, the unprecedented year. I've been saying so much, as everybody has. <laughs> And of course, you know, I can't breathe, um, you know, face yeah. masks, you know, uh, uh, everybody's walking around in the face masks and things like that. What, you know, and, and I know you're in California, just like me, um, kind of in the same neighborhood, so I'm not going to touch that too much, but <laughs> what, what do you think about um, uh, 2020? What does 2020 mean for you? If you had to sum it up in a phrase or, or a sentence, um, in short, what, how would you define this year for you? Um... I would say you're, we're reprioritizing. Um, as far as for you personally. You know, the thing is, man, when this, when this whole pandemic happened for me, yeah. I was, it wasn't as big of a shock to me because I was like, oh, okay, well, it finally hit the US. Like what I mean is something that's so drastic that it would make people force people to change their instant gratification life. Mm. You know, and it to me it wasn't it wasn't surprising and for me though, I I I'm so, I'm I feel so blessed. I mean, I'm an artist that's why I say reprioritizing. It just, it made, it gave me space to, to, to play more, you know, like, um, and to, to just hone in on, 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 on more on music and get back into just production and just really focus on, you know, um, myself, I mean, and, and trying to, to be healthy and just, appreciate what I have here right now, you know, like in this moment, because you don't know what's happening. And also the relationships in my life, the close ones, either far and distance, like, especially with my family, that's why I say reprioritization, because it's like, it, 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 it helped me to hone in on my essence from myself in terms of my creative process and what's important to me in terms of keeping healthy and like being appreciative of just everything, you know, that I, that I'm able to do in this space of mine, you know, without looking 
so much in advance, uh, in far in advance, you know, just trying to, okay, what can I do right now? Um, but also like I've been calling my dad more, you know, I've been just talking, just talking to my family in general so yeah. much more. Um, and, um, and whoever I've had interaction with those relationships just take a lot more importance, you know, and I'm not saying I, I didn't have importance for them before, but it's more like you, you come to a realization like, Oh, okay. Like it's right here, right now. Let me appreciate this moment. Um, yeah, I could definitely vibe with you on that relationships, uh, big dang time, a big dang. And you realize, you know, what that, like the most valuable thing isn't the dollar bill. It is about the people that you have in your life. Um, yeah. I'm going to ask you three questions and then um, um, we can wrap it up. And I would love for you to end it with the beautiful uh, song, if that's uh, possible. Sure. <laughs> great, great. So first question is, uh, what is what was your biggest regret in, in life? If you had any? Hmm. Honestly, I've really been trying to live my life without regret and without resentment. Like that's actually, those are the two key things that I live my day to day. Like I, I never want to regret something. And I think that regret, it's like, I live my life in a way where I'm not going to regret. Like that's kind of actually really, really important to me. So I, yeah, yeah, there's I don't I don't think I regret anything. I I I I'm still alive right now. So like there's everything that every hardship, you know, that I've had a lot of relationship related hardships um especially with men. Hmm. <laughs> but you know, but it, it's I've grown into like who I am now and, 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 you know, and I'm still here and I really, yeah, I, I would say I live my life without regret. You know, okay. that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> great, great. What, about, so, what, what about on the on opposite? What things uh, make you happy? Oh man. What things make me happy? Oh, I love, uh, I love creating things. I mean, music specifically, but just making things in general, just anything I, you know, uh, when I, when I spend some time in my garden and, and, and I, I'm, I'm like digging in the soil or whatever. And like, uh, three months later I get some tomatoes. Like that makes me happy. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, um, you know, just today before we had our talk, I just went for a walk. Like, the breeze, honestly, just yeah. like feeling the wind, being outside, looking at all the flowers and just observing the little animals, the, 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 the you know, it sounds super cheesy, but I mean, really like the way that, the, the way that you're saying it, it reminds me of that. I have two more questions. Well, okay. So the, the, the another question is 2020. Um, I know a lot of people have been talking about this. I haven't know if you heard of it or not, but they're talking about December 21st, 2020. And it sounds very, very similar to what they're saying as far as like 
um, uh, uh, December 21st, 2012, when that whole thing was going on. Do you um, feel like a shift is coming? And of course, we see this, you know, as far as Corona and everything else is happening on the planet. But do you feel like an energetic shift coming? What are your thoughts on that? <sighs> I feel like... I feel like, yeah, there's definitely an energetic shift happening. Um, I feel like everything is accelerating. Um, but I, I, I feel like that that has been happening for a while. It's just because it's accelerating, you know, it's, 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 it's like an exponential acceleration. So it's like, you know, who knows where we are along the curve, right? So it's like, you can feel the acceleration, but then as soon as it's like, right, you know what I mean? Like, so whether or not that's that specific day and time, I, I'm not sure, but I definitely think that, that that is the kind of, that, 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 that energy is happening right now. And for bad things and good things. And I put those in quotation marks because I think obviously it's all combined together and you can't necessarily separate, you know, that those things. Um, um, like, you know, this thing, you know, with these increasing wildfires and I mean, it's like, wow, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Colorado now is on fire, you know, like, yeah, I got family up there. It's really wild. No pun intended, you know. They're two biggest in in recorded history, you know, yeah. like, and, you know, California is still, it, and it's still under risk. Um, and, oof. But at the same time, at the same time that all this is happening, I'm sure there are, there's an energetic shift in people that, as we're just talking about, this increasing awareness of, of what's important, you know. Right of, of, and, and being able to actually become aware of what's important and become aware while you're still here. Right. And so to be able to feel that love, you know, like, so, 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 so yeah, there, it's like two things. Okay. There's all these tragedies that are increasing, but at the same time that these tragedies are increasing this beauty of, 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 you know, really realizing what you, what, what's important and what you value is also happening it's like it oh and it will happen at the same time you know and i i i you know it's i often so kind of when i was trying to t t tell the difference kind of between the way people sort of let's i'll, I'll take emotional spectrum okay like when you t i'm generalizing now right in the first world versus the third world right yeah. Our emotional spectrum is kind of like this, right? Typically. In other places, their emotional spectrum is like this. <laughs> Meaning their their highs are very high because their lows are very low, you know? Yeah. Like the challenges make you, you know, make you, I mean, make you feel that burning inside of you of wanting to be alive, you know? Um, so... I think that we're gaining a more emotional spectrum, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. no, it's great. It's great. I was definitely vibing up when you expressed. I just, <laughs> I could just go on forever, you know. So. I know you could. I know it. You really, um, okay. So last question, final question, and then uh, you can perform one of your beautiful my... songs for us. Um, Final question is, 
where would you like to see this planet five years from now? Ooh, that's a hard question. Um, I would like to see, oh gosh, oh my gosh, that's really hard. I would like to see, I, I don't know if, if, if we're going to move towards, uh, you know, being able to f change anything that's happening in terms of with the climate and all these crazy fires and everything. Um, oh shit, my battery. Oh, I have to plug in my, my computer. But, um, um, sorry, let me just see how much. Yeah, so first of all, I, I think that it would be awesome if it's this world still exists in five years, you know? Like, that would be already, you know? And I would love to still be here in five years, you know? Um, I mean, I, I think that if we can be moving towards, you know, a more just system all over the world, uh, you know, five years is not that long. So yeah. five years is going to go by just like that. But if, if we can, you know, you know, move towards in this country, universal health care, um, more equity, I mean, it, and then um, I think you know, somehow, some, somehow, um, increase empathy and compassion amongst all people and all be, you know, for all of us, but also us in terms of how we, we live our lives and, in you know, and, um, going back to, you know, you know, not eating meat, um, and, um, you know, doing small things to be more in balance with, with the other beings, you know? <laughs> you know um, I, I know I said so... the last question, but I do have one more. And I'm gonna like I'm gonna let you finish your thought if you're not done already. And then I ask you. No, no, that's I mean, there's it's it's a really hard question because I don't even know if I'll be alive. <laughs> so but I think Yes, yes you will. I'm I'm pretty sure <laughs> you'll be alive. You you'll be <laughs> Uh, I hope so. Canada wants more people like you, and we need more <laughs> music. Um, so the, the final question, and this one I promise is the final. Um, <laughs> what would you change if you were president? What would I change if I were president? Oh. First female president Jeez. of the United States. You know, it's funny you say that, because when I was five, oh, yeah. they asked me what I wanted to be. And I said I wanted to be the first female president. <laughs> well, you had a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> but I don't think. Well, I mean, definitely, I would, I would have universal health care. I'd, I'd, you know, want to work towards, you know, having education that was, you know, available for everyone and of a high quality. Um, or, and or free. That's what you For saying? free, yeah, definitely, definitely, because you know we just have to redistribute a small amount of the wealth to make that happen. You know, it's totally possible. You know, yeah. it's totally po possible. Um, uh, you know, all all of this that actually that Elon Musk is involved with, he he has all these really uh, cool, innovative projects. You know, in terms of advancing um, energy. Um, uh, and, and, um, transportation, like, um, um, yeah, I'd probably want to like hire Elon as like a, <laughs> I don't know. He probably, I don't know. He's not really a politician. I know, but he just has amazing ideas and, and, 
and more than ideas like right so so yeah i mean take all of the the technologies that we have right now to 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 uh, to to make the change towards a more sustainable society you know and Gosh, that's a big question too. I mean, um, I would, I would, I would have, I would implement something where we'd have local food production at a very localized level. Um, I think I would have like an urban planning system that would replace, well, not replace all the trees, but make sure that you had trees that were all, it would be like food forests everywhere, you know, so not just cosmetic trees, but like food forests so that like even people that are homeless you know, you know, obviously we'd really try good. to try to not have people that are homeless, but I mean, if you are hungry, you can eat, you can eat food, oh, you know, food that is genius. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's typical. That's, that's like already, that's, that's a, that's an old idea. Like the whole permaculture, like, um, system in terms of, um, you know, integrating systems essentially. So. Um, but, but yeah, and, 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 you know, have a, have a better water usage. Um, like, like, you know, the way we, we waste water right now is ridiculous. I mean, water is like really the, the fresh water is the key to everything. I think that's like the real gold, you know? Um, and especially here, like if, 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 if you imagine like, if you know like in terms of fire we could we could redesign all the houses all the all the residential areas to have like an area right around it that would protect that would serve as a fire break by say um recycling gray water you know like yeah. there's so many things that can be done like and we have all the technology you know we have it all like um it. and and it's just oh my god it's crazy that we have this whole system and all these politicians involved and we can't even pass another stimulus package for people it's just yes, yes, yes. hey hey so i want to thank you so much for coming on the show guys by the way if you haven't done so make sure you hit that subscribe button and that like button you can follow me on instagram at se the number seven ev underscore circles and of course you know this is seven circles um, if people wanted to reach you, uh, what types of social media could they um, reach you at? And I also plug it in at the bottom as well, but if you could tell the people. Sure, yeah. Instagram, um, just at Rasteria. Facebook, um, Twitter. I, I have them all, like, pretty much. Uh, my email, Renee at Rasteria.com. Um, I have WhatsApp. And how do you spell that, Renee? It... R-E-N-E-E, -E, actually, at Rasteria, R-A-Z-T-E-R-I-A dot com. Um, my my email. I mean, I people want to reach me on my phone. They can text me too. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> um, you know. Okay, so great. And 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 um, what song are you going to be singing for? Oh us? yeah. Um, what song did 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 you say you wanted me to play that one song? Yeah, if you could actually play um, uh, Inspire. Um, Sure. Awesome. Yeah, I can play that one. Awesome. All right. Okay. Hopefully it sounds okay. I can't tell how it sounds, but... Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> 
you coming on the program maybe hopefully in the future uh the near future we can do it again soon um i really enjoyed this conversation um have a great day and take care thank you yeah take care thank you